Nick. And I'm Ricky. And welcome to the Demand Gen Daily Podcast. All right, another episode. And we are going to be talking about seeing the forest for the trees and vice versa, like getting a little bit snow blind in times that may be a little bit more economically tight. So we've talked a little bit in the past about the performance trap and like some of the nuances that you can miss but uh, ricky why don't you get us kicked off here absolutely yeah the, the performance trap is a very real thing and this is where your team can be looking at the data and just misinterpreting it and they can basically follow the thread of the data and say yes we're doing best practice we're doing all the right things and none of it is actually leading to results for the business something is fundamentally broken but it's not clear based on the data because you could say it's all looking good and so this is where you have to go back and say what is going on why isn't this working and that's the performance trap there's a couple ways that uh, we're going to give you guys some actionable actionable suggestions on how you can avoid the performance trap to start having really clear and reinforced objectives. Sometimes we don't have enough focus on the objective. A strategy is often just a bit glorified and there's more focus really on the tactics, but having a really clear objective and reinforcing that with the team is important because what you can find is that if you have layers within your organization, within your performance team, those objectives can start to get less clear as you go further down the team. And this is where somebody who's optimizing campaigns at the bottom of the end of the team, they might be following the data on a daily basis and optimizing for those things, but they could be getting further away from the objective if it's not clear in their mind as to what they're trying to do. So this needs to be crystal clear for the whole team. Yeah. And I would add on to this, that like what ends up happening is that look like whenever we see messaging around a recession, like things are maybe slowing down a little bit, people get pretty antsy and like they file all back into kind of like the shorter term metrics, such as ROAS, which obviously like we love ROAS around here and because it's a great way to measure how things are going. But if it becomes the end all be all of your entire campaigns, you could be eroding your brand. And we've seen this like way too many times where people we've had clients in the past and a lot of like potential biz conversations where the first question and the only question is what's your ROAS for similar brands? And it's like, okay, like this answer has to be calibrated based on your brand equity versus their brand equity. And we have examples of people in any given industry where, for example, one company, like all in the same exact same industry. So let's call it like in the apparel industry, like one company is at 4X ROAS across their entire program. The other one's at seven, the other one's at 10, the other one's at 13. And you're literally, so you're like low is five, like high is like 12, 13. And what's the difference? And I can show you that the better the brand and the more it speaks to their target audience, the better the ROAS is. So there's this like missing element. And I've said this to people in, in, in a sales meeting before where there's maybe a company that has multiple e-com brands because they understand that their product suite is so wide that they need more than one brand. And I say to them, like, the better the brand, the more the ROAS is. And they're like, I never thought of it that way, but you can see their gears turning when you're in that video meeting with them. Like the gears are turning and they're like, you're absolutely right. Like we have these five brands 
or whatever it is, the best performing one is like the one that like speaks to the audience the most, has like the most quality, engaging content, tells the story the best. And those have the highest ROAS and the lowest ROAS ones are the ones that we've thrown together because we saw that there was like this niche. And yeah, look, the ROAS is still like three, four X and like we still make money on it and blah, blah, blah. But it's nowhere near the other ones. I think there's this like missing piece of looking at the entire customer journey all the way from discovering your brand or rediscovering your brand if they purchased in the past and making that journey congruent because that's what I see a lot in terms of blockages and of sales. Like the story is not like at the beginning, you're saying one thing and at the end, you're saying another and somewhere in the middle, it gets garbled up. And so this is again, where you can see great click through great, this great, that, and it's all of a sudden, but they don't convert. They don't sell like nothing. We're not getting leads. Like what's happening. And it's because somewhere between the ads and the landing page and, or the product page, like the story starts to clash. It's not one seamless journey. And again, like you don't know why. Yeah. So let's get into another way to uncover this. So um, measuring your metrics along with your KPIs. Quick refresher on KPIs versus metrics. Metrics measure money. KPIs are basically leading indicators of positive activity of money coming your way. This could be KPIs or things like visits, click-through rate, all these things that we look at that that can be positive indicators. But again, you could have an amazing click-through rate. You could have a 50% click-through rate and have zero conversions, right? So it's not just because you have a good KPI doesn't mean you're going to actually get the sale as a result. Yeah, like KPIs measure the likelihood that a metric will occur. Generally, that's what we talk about. However, you can over-optimize for KPIs where no resulting metrics occur, believe it or not. Like this, it goes back to the past example that we just talked about of the click-through rates really high and this is really high, but where's the metric? Like, where's the revenue? Where's the client? And all of a sudden our client acquisition cost goes up. Like what's going on? It's you found some sort of message that really resonates with people, but you're not following through with it. Or maybe the message that you're telling is conducive to generating interest, but it's not conducive to generating purchase or whatever that key measure that you're trying to actually achieve is. And we're not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Like if you're trying to build like, some ads for branding sake to elevate your brand. That's great. But then the click throughs on the video and like their watch time is the metric that you're looking for in terms of that success. It's not sales at that point because you have to change gears when you're doing these. Yeah. And so one more actionable way to address this is gathering qualitative data on your SQL. So Nick, maybe you can tell us a bit about the sales process and what do we look at? This is really about, reducing the false positives because you could you can get a ton of leads. We've seen this with so many marketing companies. You can get a ton of leads and have nothing convert. And it may not be sales' fault. It may be that the lead will just not buy what you're offering. To that point, yeah, it's not always sales' fault. One of the first questions we always ask people when they're, they say, the leads aren't responding to us. First question is, how fast are you responding to them? Oh, like two, three days later, here's the data on what that says in terms of when the lead comes in versus timeline versus like how many of them decay and drop off. So that's obviously like the first place, first thing we always ask. It's asking, did you try to reset your machine? Did you turn it off and back on? Is it working again? That's the first one. But the false positives can very much be leads that don't fit. Like wells that aren't actually SQL. So a lead comes in, but they're not of a quality 
that is high enough to be considered a sales qualified lead. That's probably the most popular one, but other things can include people misunderstanding the product offering fundamentally because it's being over-optimized for people actually signing the form and clicking like to get that meeting or whatever have you, but they're not the right target audience. So these are like all things that kind of happen on an ongoing basis that kind of limit the upside and specifically on the SQLs. Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully this will help you guys avoiding the performance trap. We've got three actionable ways to do that. And just to quickly refresh your memory, that's clear and reinforced, reinforced objectives, measuring your KPIs along with your metrics and gathering qualitative data on your SQLs. All right. Until next time. Oh, 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 oh,